of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello, and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about the terminal velocity of a humpback whale. I am Morgan. And my name is Kate. (laughs) And my name is Jason. Welcome to part two of Megamorphs 1, Elfangor's Gift. There's a lot of titles here. (laughs) When we last left off, Rachel had amnesia, and Axe was captured by a giant flying dust monster called a Valik from Saturn. Yes, Axe is in the clutches of the Animorphs' worst enemy, Visor 3. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so what is the terminal velocity of a humpback whale? Is it enough to get me off? That was a bit. <laughs> that, <laughs> don't make me Google terminal velocity. I'm pretty sure, okay, I'm going to email my physics teacher from college and be like, okay, I know we did terminal velocity in that class. So if the mass of a humpback whale is this, what is the terminal velocity? And also, how fly- how high can a red-tailed hawk fly? Because we also need that. But also, she's not a humpback whale the whole time. Her ma- mass is changing. So, don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a great like AP physics question. For- I guess the answer is enough to kill a Valique. <laughs> Was it when I was younger? My brother tried to like. I mean, like I was in elementary school. My brother tried to explain like terminal velocity to me, and my first thought was, so like I could like fall and like not go any faster, so I could be okay. Like, like I was like, I'm not gonna uh, get, yeah. I'm not gonna get that fast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's how people survive skydiving when their parachute doesn't open. Which, speaking of which, that happens twice in this book. Ooh, oh. not being you know drunk and limp. <laughs> I'm sure that also has something to do with it. My gosh, but yeah, we're picking up where we left off with uh, Axe being captured. And Cassie's at the mall. Her favorite. She's at the mall and she is spying on Assistant Principal Chapman, trying to figure out if he will divulge any information about the nefarious plot and this, this space creature. We have Cassie um, for chapter 19. And remember, everybody, in the Megamorphs book, the chapters alternate every chapter between somebody else's perspective. Yep, yep. I'm pretty sure that's why my notes are so long, but <laughs> we'll see. Narrative whiplash. Yeah. So Cassie went into the bathroom to change to morph into a fly. So the only insect that besides the flea that doesn't seem to be very um, terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, because it's just kind of fun to be a fly. Yeah, you get to zoom around. So Rachel is a fly and she rests on the ceiling directly above... Sorry. Oh my gosh. See, 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 see what this book is doing. Yeah, right. Cassie is a fly and she is resting in the ceiling uh, right above Chapman's head. So she's not too far away from him. And it does say Chapman is balding. So, you know, good for him, I guess. But we, we get a little bit of idea, more of his characterization, a bit more of his age. And so I feel that too. I'm balding in the front. Still a party in the back. Okay, so Rachel is being a little 007 right here. Um, and she's waiting. She's waiting and waiting. <laughs> 20 minutes passed. And she started to feel like, well, this is stupid <laughs> and pointless. <laughs> I mean, aren't we all? Um, <laughs> like just waiting in a meeting room with nothing happening. Well, it's hurry up to get there and then wait. <laughs> yeah, did I get the meeting time wrong? Or <laughs> So... Uh, finally, 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 a man and a woman approach Chapman. Chapman is a little snippy snappy, and he's like, you guys are late. And um, the man is like, well, 
our jobs aren't easy, um, you know, with everything that's going on. Um, and the Chapman's like, hush, you fool. <laughs> Not here. Um, so they go to walk away. And obviously Rachel's continuing. Uh, damn it, Cassie is um, continuing the spy on them. They definitely talk about Visor uh, 3's paranoia, although he is usually justified with it. And how about how they... so. It does seem like Visor 3 and Visor 3's staff are aware that Visor 1 did let the Animorphs escape to make Visor 3 look bad. So they are aware of that. It just, it's kind of nice when you get like enemy, not exactly characterization, but you're like, okay, so so they're they're aware of all this. They got this. The plot has thickened. Like Yeah, there, there's like more political dynamics between within like the enemy camp. So uh, I have a small question. With the, all these people, uh, or sorry, all these controllers talking, why aren't they starving out of their hosts at this point? Because it was mentioned that the Kadrona... Oh, is this like even past the three-day period after that last Kadrona ray um, uh, got destroyed and like these guys actually got nourishment to be able to still operate down on Earth? Yeah, it, um, it says that they're like basically taking people to the pool ship when they can but uh Mm -hmm. chapman says like i'm not gonna tell visitor three anything because he's looking for reasons to cut people off from condrona so i'm not gonna make him mad because he's using that as a threat because they don't have enough resources to get everybody (laughs) condrona but the new one is coming or at least it was supposed to be showing up a couple of weeks after they destroyed the Condrona in book seven, mm-hmm. but I don't know how long that takes to install or whatever. And it probably is hurting their resources in the meantime. Okay. So, yeah. I-, I forgot about some of that. I think it's just making a bunch of, yeah, withdrawal-y yurks. They're just going through withdrawals. They're trying yeah. to manage. They're n- and they're nervous because they think their supply is going to get cut off. Yeah. Yep. But um, so they do mention the name of the creature of Velik. So Cassie now knows it. So, so this is where, uh, I, th- I can't remember. Uh, so now Axe knows the name and Cassie knows the name. Yeah, and so she has intel. Mm-hmm. And we also get to find out um, that 10% of the police force are controllers. So, you know, them bad apples, they're going to spoil the bunch. Shocker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10% are yurks. And what is the excuse <laughs> of the other 90%? <laughs> yes. Yes, Morgan Lisley, no cops in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anybody hasn't followed me on Twitter yet and figured out my opinion on cops. <laughs> yeah, and then the other person is at the newspaper, right? Or the news station or something? Yes. Yeah, the woman is in the police force. And, right? Yeah, usually when there's like a stereotypical, like, feminine role uh they flip it or like masculine role in this series they flip it like you can see with rachel's parents we stand that okay so obviously they're all good that visitor three is distracted with this morph hunter the village so they're sort of just trying to stay out of his they're just trying to stay out of visitor three's way and yeah and so that is um basically where it's left off cassie has some information um and she's just going to go back and demorph, and then she is going to try and find. Uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Jake, to, Marco. Yeah, she's yeah, trying to find Jake, back Marco, up with the others and, and, and uh, let them know what she learned. Let them know what, yeah, let them know what happened. Yep. Or what's exactly. going on. Now we go back to Rachel. 
Um, so, uh, Rachel is in a, a lot of pain. Um, and she's like, I think this would have killed me if I was human, but obviously she's much more than that. She's still in her bear form. And again, remember her front paws are gone. Yeah, so no, I think her arms this, are this, gone. <laughs> her stubby, her stubby bears walking around the woods <laughs> in the, in the like, stream. So much <laughs> bear gore thing. in this series. Like I said last time, this is not the first or last time that she has lost a limb as a bear. Oi. So. Yeah, but but she got into the stream and she tried to demorph, and um, she she's like getting used. To, like they called me Rachel, like the scorpion boy <laughs> called me Rachel. <laughs> Was I Rachel? But she, you know, she demorphs, and so she's she's no longer in pain, but she's really weak. And so with that, she she, has, she still has amnesia. So she's piecing all these words together: Rachel, Yerks, Dust Beast, all of this, and she's just trying to like you know, get a grip because now she's like just getting introduced to this all again. And she's like, I guess, well, where do I got to go there? You know, I can't be in this forest forever. So she follows the stream. And so that's going to be her idea to get out of the forest. Now we switch back to Marco and they're still like, they've lost track of Rachel. Basically you got Tobias, Marco and Jake. Um, they, they've no access been taken up and they've lost track of Rachel because Tobias tracked her to the stream and then couldn't find her after that. And so Tobias is upset because Tobias and Rachel have a little thing. They're all just like, again, it wouldn't be an Anwar's book if they are sort of just, I don't know, freaking out or having a hard time. Yeah. These kids don't have a good time. <laughs> Ever. They're not yeah, allowed. Yeah, dealing with very stressful situations. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they were in Cassie's barn. So it sort of skipped you know, them coming back together and just put them all back together. So they're in Cassie's Barnes. It's like, and everybody's been updated on everybody else's situation. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Valik, Morph Hunter, Chapman. Skip the, um, what's it called when they do that in like anime where they go over all the past stuff for an episode and it's like a waste. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. It, it's like the, the first. Recap episode. Yes, recap episode. Yeah, the recap. Like the first uh, half of the show is all recapping like for Naruto and Bleach. And then you only get like maybe 10 minutes of actually new content before it like switches to the next episode. It's worthless. It's called Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they're thinking about this thing now as a predator, and how is it detecting them? And then, you know, Cassie, being a really smart one, is like, that's it! Eureka! And obviously this takes Marco back, because Cassie's usually a bit more demure. And so she's she's finally figured out and she's gonna spell it out for everybody else she's like um when was the first attack and they're like oh you know we were morphing back from mice and she's like yes coincidence i think not (laughs) so the beast you know was just so happened coincidentally to attack while they were morphing and you know again when we were morphing when jake said when they were morphing in uh to wolves in the woods and so there's that. And then also they asked, like, why didn't the Valique drop us and take us off for the cabin in the woods? Then, you know, he said, because they were done morphing. So they weren't as interesting as somebody else doing actively morphing. So they're figuring out basically how this thing worked, which is great. Because now they're going to try to um, figure out how to beat it, how to trap it, how to handle it. Because now they can lure it into a trap or prevent it from finding them. Yeah, they can at least distract it. So now we go back to Rachel. Um, so she's reached civilization, uh, which she called the suburban development. Um, and so she is really, really tired. She sees lights inside the one of the houses she passed. Um, she's like, should I just walk up to it? You know, and she's 
slash like bum on someone's couch. But finally, she sees a house with no lights on it. And it says it was sold. So she she's getting an idea, like, okay, look, nobody's here. So she's going to go into the house. So it's, it's an empty house, a new development probably. And she goes in. Um, she basically, she sees the faucet. That's great. She gets cool, fresh water. Um, she finds, I think, little cookies. Um, she finds a half-eaten box of Nilla wafers, yeah. So this is that, the house that was for sale next to Chapman's house that we saw in book six. Two? When, when did they change into ants? Book five. Book five, okay. Which so is why is... it should have been the ant book, but it was the gorilla book, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is the the same uh, empty house that's next to Chapman's that she uh, stumbles into that's for sale. Well, we don't know that it is. It's just another empty house. house. So I think it, oh, it could totally be Oh, I totally thought it was one in the same because I thought they alluded to, I don't know, I thought they alluded to the, uh, the backyard being familiar or something. There's another situation where they use that house that's empty that's next to Chapman, but I don't think it's for a while. So we'll see if they mention it but it doesn't it's not clear presumably there's more than one empty house in their town <laughs> just in a different neighborhood or whatever cassie's munching on some nilla wafers and then rachel they're completely different characters but whatever <laughs> rachel Raquel, um, she is munching on some willow knifers, and then she starts getting PTSD. Um, she's getting flashes. Uh, first one, construction site. So they, we love in this book to allude to book one where they were at the construction site and um, Elf, uh, Elfangor died and all that. Very traumatizing. Um, and then another flash and a bird. It was a bird of prey. And um, so there's that. Then another flash. You know, she's doing gymnastics another flash she's underground and she's an ant see this is why i thought it was that house because she's like flashing oh, to to the ant situation which was right underneath that house going towards uh chapman's uh um basement gotcha okay yeah good theory i think well i think the reason why they keep flashing back to the ants thing is because it is the most traumatic thing that's happened to them so far i mean being a bear with stumps isn't uh for arms isn't <laughs> traumatic either i mean besides that part she has that memory though but yeah i think i think they do mention the ants a lot like like they have so it's far. just a motif yeah but rachel ends up screaming anamorph so she's you know it seems to be things are coming you know, here and there coming back to her. And she's, you know, dripping in sweat, all that goodness. But, so she doesn't really have much time to rest because bam, bam, bam. Um, basically, the police are at her house and like, whoever's in there, come on out. This is the police. And like, yeah, that always goes very well. <laughs> and so Rachel's like, what should I do? Um, I'm trapped. And the police are like, count to three and you better come up with your hands over your head. And so she's like, oh, I just got to get away. And she's just thinking and thinking. And she starts growing larger and larger, filling the room. So we're going to, she's going to start transforming into one of her favorite morphs Elephant to deal the with room. the cops. Yeah. And it, it, she, I think she kind of got a flash of being an elephant and was like, oh, I could do that probably. So she's actively trying to morph this time as opposed to when she morphed the bear in the fire. Again, all these rogue elephants and some like 
suburban yeah, somebody's, town. Somebody's going to be like, not, why is there always an, there's just this one elephant that they can I, never I, catch, sur- like Bigfoot? There's like some side story of like some deranged reporter saying, there's sightings of this elephant all over town, you know, to the editor. You have to believe me. <laughs> and they have, <laughs> they have a room with the, the red yarn all uh Cross, cross connected on all the sightings on the map of the, the town. Meme. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like it honestly shouldn't be that surprising either because, like, there's so many exotic animals in the wild in America that you never think about because it's like you've got like parrots like in San Francisco, you got like bison in San Francisco. Down here too. Yeah. yeah, parrots yeah. in San Diego. You know, so there's like, like, what is a bison doing in the middle of San Francisco? What is a freaking parrot doing? Like, animals just get out and then people just sort of leave them alone. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm like, eh, I guess an elephant wouldn't be too crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking. I mean, it'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun, but I don't think it would have uh, gone as unnoticed as uh, Rachel has been getting by so far in this series. Well, just say, I don't think Americans would leave it alone. <laughs> well, they did have the circus in town semi-recently, so they <laughs> they're probably just like, well, why is it not a greater news story? I know, exactly. <laughs> I still maintain, like, uh, Cassie's mom uh, off page is, like, dealing with so much crap from people saying, these, these animals are not ours. They're not loose. Like, Yeah, she does have to do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, we just saw, too, that the Yerks are controlling some of the media, so. They could be downplaying it. Mm-hmm. So then we start with Jake for this next chapter. And this, this first line, it was dumb luck that we even saw what happened. So it's sort of like, you know, you're starting that episode with like, they're in the future, and then they're going to backslain everything, which is these whole books are written like that. But yeah. they don't always come off like that. Sometimes they come off really present tense. It does. Mm-hmm. It's so like, it like kind of undulates sometimes between the past and present tense, which made me wonder how like how much in the future maybe were they addressing uh, the past. Um, but I, I think it's just a narrative uh, technique. Yeah, seems like. So we're back with Jake. Right now they're still at the uh they're still at Cassie's. Tobias is flying off away and um Marco and Jake are gonna pick up their bikes and go. But before that happens, it's Cassie's mom. I think this is the first time we hear her um get dialogue. Yeah. Uh ask if, ask if Cassie's right there. Or are you out there at the barn? And obviously Cassie's like, Yes, mom, right here. Um, and she's like, your favorite show is on. Do you want me to tape it? And he's like, I'll be just a minute. So they're looking up at the sky and it's like, there's tons of stars. And so Jake is like, there's always more stars at Cassie's house. Um, and if Rachel's out there, at least it's a warm night, which is good. And little, she's in some abandoned home, not abandoned <laughs> home, some empty home with the cops on her tail. So, you know, wishful thinking. And so Marco spots something and basically something was obscuring the moon and it looks very like sparkly fairy dust, which is kind of really gay and super cool, but it's actually <laughs> terrifying. So it's that, you know, it raced towards the, the dust they can then see was racing towards the housing development. So they're basically like, Oh crap, that thing's picked up on a morph. It's got to be Cassie or Rachel. Oh, it's not Cassie, but <laughs> Rachel or Axe. I just want to talk about Cassie. It's just going to be Rachel or Axe. And so they're like, okay, well, we've got to, we've got to go. We've got to do this. Um, you know, two choices. Are they going to distract it or do nothing? And so obviously they're going to distract it. They're going to try doing a keep away thing so it doesn't, you know, obviously attack Rachel or Axe. Uh, so they're going to work on shifting targets. And this is where you get a classic. Kid moment. <laughs> teen, teen shenanigans. Teen, teen shenanigans. 
Um, they're like, we can't morph here because if we do, we're going to draw it to the house, which, you know, obviously have their loved ones in it. So that's bad. Um, so Marco's like, are the keys in that? And then the, basically Cassie, uh, I think it's Jake narrating this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake is narrating this chapter. Marco points to Cassie's father's beat up old pickup truck. And I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> and Cassie's like, no way. And Marco's like, way. Um, <laughs> Very and 90s. so, no way, way, no way, way. <laughs> uh, so they're. <laughs> The teens, the preteens, the teens are going to take an, a car and they're going to be driving illegally and cause all these shenanigans while trying to uh, distract a flying alien dust monster that can tear roofs and pickup trucks like no other. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was actually, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is my one of my favorite scenes in the whole series oh, is it, them driving this pickup truck. <laughs> very enjoyable. I definitely uh, had a good time. Uh, with this portion <laughs> it was very fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so we're back to rachel again um she's she's an elephant morph now she's very large and she is um basically like basically complete like almost almost there but then they she hears the valik noise the bra which i just imagine is if you've ever like so my my dad and his neighbor, they made this wood splitter where there was like a blade and you would use it to very slowly and not like chopping, you know, chopping firewood, but it would very slowly like pull apart the stumps, you know, to make fire, to break it up into smaller pieces for firewood. Mm-hmm. And it makes this like, it's like a creaking noise. So I definitely see where they were going with, with that B-R-A-A-A-K onomatopoeia. So, uh, the creature has found Cassie. It's ripping apart the back of the house. And she's God damn it. Everyone should start a start a counter and then I don't know, take a shot or a drink for each one. I'll I'll put an insert sound effect here, whichever one of us is editing this one. um, Okay, so Rachel bolts. She's terrified, obviously. We're all scared of this thing. Um, so this big elephant just running for it. So they're huge, and they can't really dodge. So she's just wrecking this suburban street. This poor like, house. They just closed the on this house. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> they might not even have gotten their house insurance yet. I know. <laughs> the property values have now plunged. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie's just wrecking. Um, the police were shooting at her also. Did I say Cassie? Whatever. Rachel is wrecking the the, <laughs> <laughs> the police are shooting at her, but she doesn't care. She's an elephant. Um, and she's trying to get rid of that dust beast. And then I highlighted this because this word was funny, but a parked Winnebago. Just the word Winnebago. <laughs> I didn't know what that was, but oh. I, I've heard it before. But I didn't know what it was. But it's a fun word. Okay, it's a it's a it's a an RV. Yeah, big old. Yeah, because it says yeah, the rest of the camper was shredded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so that's just a fun word. So I wanted to draw <laughs> attention to that. I don't know how many people hear that nowadays. Um, and then 
Kate, they're coming for your gig because they gave us a little bit of elephant facts here. Um, the largest <laughs> elephant ever found weighed 22,000 pounds. But, and Rachel's mostly like, well, mostly they weigh between 7,000 to 13,000 pounds. She doesn't know how big she is. She's like, I'm probably not the biggest, but, um, you know, little, end the chapter a little bit on that. The Valik tries to carry her away, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I like that she can yeah. not remember her name and all that stuff, but she can remember how big the largest elephant uh, ever found weighed. <laughs> <laughs> she kept the important things. You know, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cherry picked. Yeah. But this chapter is fun. So the Valik is trying to carry her away, but she's too damn heavy. And then she hears a screeching sound like squealing tires, like a very bad driver racing towards her, which, again, we know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so we come in the Marco chapter, and this starts with Cassie screaming at Jake Ellie, look out, look out, look out, look out, look out, look out. Um, and Mark was like, would you both shut up? I'm trying to drive here. Jake's like, car, car, car. So very much like parent with first time driving a child in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a bit from the Goofy movie. Yeah. <laughs> or very Goofy movie or whatever. Um, this is my favorite line that I'm not going to get tattooed on me, but maybe. <laughs> um, so he hit, Marco hits a trash can and then hits, and he's like, okay, it's just a trash can, chill out. And then he hits three more trash cans and he's like, fine, <laughs> it's four trash cans. And then he hits three more trash cans. And so Jake says, do you just hate trash cans? Is that your problem? Do you just hate trash cans? And I hope I didn't blow up my speaker on that one. But yeah, that's that's like my favorite line. It's great. <laughs> you got a fucking problem? <laughs> so Jake, and then after that, you know, it's just like Marco's just running over curbs on trash cans. Clipping cars. And he's um, always the default driver because his battle morph is gorilla and he has thumbs. Has thumbs. So, yeah. <laughs> they should really consider some more overlapping morphs. <laughs> right? Like, someone... Just just acquire your, your random history teacher's DNA or whatever, like, so that you have an adult morph. But whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, um, wait, wait. Does that come into play? Can they uh, morph then into other humans? Yes. <gasps> true true we're gonna see well i mean i mean obviously axe did but i think the first time one of them morphs another one of them is in 12 it's like the ultimate drag i would morph and i would acquire <laughs> some people's dna morph into that you could get like real silly real freaky rob <laughs> some shit like someone you don't like just like make the money <laughs> well, i was thinking that could help a lot of trans people but go off oh that's too. sorry you know i i did i did there there's some good things for it um but <laughs> yes oh because you can combine dna too so you can just combine um it'd be non-binary you know, some of your relatives yeah. 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 That'd be really cool. Yay, world peace, not framing people <laughs> and stealing and having weird sex. <laughs> okay, so they're still yelling, and then they, they finally do uh, intersect with Rachel. Um, so an elephant is tearing across the street a block away, and the Valique was right behind it. So that's Rachel, Cassie yelled. So they're all f super happy that she's still alive. Awesome. And then suddenly, you know, those living ropes, those tentacles wrapped around Rachel's huge body, and covered her. Cassie and Rachel both cried, no. And then uh, Marco's like, oh, duh. It's not trying to kill us. It wants to capture us. That's why it's trying to carry Rachel away. So again, they're they're piecing this together even more. 
Um, and Cassie's like, I can't lift Rachel because she's too damn heavy. Yeah. And then what's happening is Jake is morphing into a tiger, so the Vleek's attention is now shifting towards him. So it's this is where their their keep away game is is starting. Jake is piled out into the back of the pickup, doing the tiger morph, trying to draw out the morph as long as possible to keep the Valik attention on him. And then basically, then another wham. Marco hits another parked car, and he says they <laughs> had to put it. They had to park their car right where he needed to go. Oh, and Cassie gets out to go go after Rachel. Cassie gets out get gets out of the truck. I mean, she's probably so happy to be out of there. <laughs> yeah, right? She's like, oh, I'll go save my friend. <laughs> oh, throws up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now we switch from Marco to Jake. So the bad news is that um, Marco had somehow gotten on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is totally a clueless moment. <laughs> yeah. So this is just terrible. Jake's trying to tell Marco how to drive. Marco's like, I'm cool now. I got this. They're just on the highway. This is just worse and worse. No problemo. I like how Jake's like, occasionally the other motorists on the road would offer us advice. I could hear bits and pieces as we shot past. And it's like, you idiot. I also like, um, where'd you learn to drive? Jersey? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Jersey. No, we love Jersey. Okay, so they're going 70 down the highway, getting yelled at. The Valik is coming after them. Um, so Jake is saying, I'm almost morphed. I'm going to bail. Give me five minutes, then it's your turn. That's great. So now Marco's going to start morphing. Marco slammed on the brakes. <laughs> Wham! The side of a truck, the side of the truck slid into a tree. So that's great. And that sends Jake springing out of the back of the truck in a, you know, Tiger Morphe. And then Marco floors the truck again and speeds off through the brush. Oh, this poor truck, too. Good thing it's beat up, (laughs) I guess. It's tragic. They DNA test it and they find gorilla and tiger like fur. Like, it's like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> that one reporter man, he's on their tails. <laughs> so the Valik and Jake are sort of going at it. Jake is being very agile. He's the tiger, which is great. So he's able to stay out of its way. And, you know, by the last second before his paws could encounter the gnashing teeth and spitting blades, the Valik tucks his head, drew his paws back, and he hits right below the Valique. And it, it, you also sort of find the Valique, it seems to be pretty fast because it keeps up with moving targets, but doesn't seem to have a lot of um, turning ability. Or it, can't, it doesn't seem like it can't, it can't like, sharp. very turn. agile, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of, like, ugh, the terrible turning mechanics in Mario Kart if you don't have the right card. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I feel that. You're playing as, like, Did, Bowser. Yeah, Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> you chose Bowser's card, didn't like, you? turn, turn. <laughs> But again, more of the leak, you know, chewing through trees like it's nothing. I think Jake is up a tree. The leak is chewing at the base of the tree and it's, you know, going, it's shredding it. And so then Jake leaps into the darkness and the darkness is like, I guess, nighttime, but it's like the night air, but it's also like onto onto like asphalt. So it's, you know, leaping onto a black surface. And so that's where we leave off Jake as the Valik is chewing up a tree to get to him and he leaps from it. Now we go back to Rachel and she, we do a little bit of a rewind a little bit and she's like, okay, the dust beast dropped her. Um, She hits the road and she hits it hard. Um, So, so now we're with that. She's free. Um, And then she's like, someone's behind me, a short girl wearing overalls. Cassie and Cassie is rolling Rachel's 
Rachel, Rachel's name. <laughs> and and she's like, yes, it was my name. Uh, flash, another flash. A woman saying, Rachel, um, I know you don't like lima beans, but eat them anyway. They're good for you. So so now you're getting like, instead of animorphs memories, you're getting like... Um, Personal, like normal life memories, mm-hmm. which makes sense because when it comes to memory, you do remember the most traumatic things most vividly. So it makes sense that she is Lima beans remembering... Is traumatic? A- yeah. Well, she remembered all the animorph stuff first, and now she's remembering the, the normal tragedies. stuff second. <laughs> yeah. And I do like how it's like a girl younger than me saying, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And it's like a very Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's always yeah, Rachel around here. here. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. And they do have three girls, so, and Naomi is single, so they just need to find find a single <laughs> oh, dad Mr. with three Brady. boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could be great. Oh, my gosh. She marries Marco's dad. What? <laughs> oh, God. No. She married... Oh. No, no. But then <laughs> it's going to be that awkward sitcom. conversation where Marco tries to hit on his stepsister. Oh. It gets really weird. Someone's been watching too many uh, internet videos. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I just know Marco is a thing for Rachel. Yeah. But she is so into Tobias. So good luck, Marco. Yeah, You've right. you um so so cassie's trying to calm down rachel she's you know they're talking um and mind speaking kind of freaked out she's like you know cassie and she's like are you okay no i'm not okay um i don't really remember something's wrong with my memory and she's like you're cassie's like you're a human rachel and rachel's like well yeah but like no but like yes like i'm something more and then um cassie's like you're an anamorph rachel an anamorph and it's like you gotta trust me and rachel's like trust you a girl i just met um <laughs> and she's my friend could i trust her and then uh rachel's just like you know didn't wa- didn't waver on that very often she's like cassie yes tell me what to do <laughs> <laughs> so next chapter is acts so this is our second acts chapter third um, third i think yeah technically in this book, it? it's his third uh, narration. Woo-woo. Oh, because I think he had, what, 15, 18, and then 28. Ah. Okay. okay, so uh, basically a little bit of Axe. He's like, the Yerks put me in a box. It's not a cage. It's a Ramonite box, so it's seamless. Um, you know, with walls, seamless walls on all sides. So it's um, a box for a time that spanned many, you know, he was in a box, he was for many hours. Yeah. So I, I looked this up and uh, Ramonite is just invented for, for Animorphs. It's a flexible alien metal that can stretch or be made clear or opaque by molecular realignment. It can be used on spaceships to make doorways or windows. And it's also used in jail cells to hold captives and make it impossible for them to escape. Which is really cool. Yeah. So Axe is also feeling a little down in the dumpity because he's like, Visor 3 killed my brother, and by his laws and customs of his people, he's supposed to avenge that murderer. But like, he he feels like he had a chance, but he didn't take it. And so he's just feeling really bitter about that. You know, I was like, did I miss my one chance for revenge? So he's just, you know, having a little cultural moment um, and, you know, a little regret and, you know wanting for revenge and then since you know the the i won't say cage the box is uh you know he can see through it you know it's it's made it's made, it's right made yeah transparent because yeah. that's a thing it can do and then he notices in the air 
um, before you know visitor three there was a ho- there's a hologram and it's being shot from a great distance um, just by based on the quality and so visitor three is speaking the axe and is like I thought you might enjoy this so they're basically going to keep eyes on the Valique and see it tear apart the other animorphs or capture the other animorphs axe sees the Valique uh, tearing through trees in a forest and then you know with flash and orange so he sees the tiger and then of course visitor three has his like cat cat guy <laughs> moment he again likes- where he's like oh my god I have to acquire one of these look how it moves he he really does like the cap yeah uh, the tiger so (laughs) enamored by this does he like it like a liger or something later on in the series (laughs) oh it could be so cool oh they could actually make griffins and hippogriffs i don't think they're that imaginative though (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh if he has animorphs powers i'm like okay how can i make a realistic dragon here all right yeah I (laughs) i would also like a unicorn Uh, if godzilla was real could you animorph into godzilla that'd be really cool i've got dna so jake is about to be captured but then the valik hesitates and then visitor three stiffens in response to this so obviously you're like oh something's going down so the valik disintegrated like a tornado and swept away at extreme speed so it was about to capture jake and then change its trajectories and you know started going away swiftly so visitor three is like what is going on not in my house damn it <laughs> so uh <laughs> oh, eat your dinner before you get dessert okay so <laughs> if visitor three has been watching you know the valique channel this whole time there was a lot of points when they were in midmorph that it looks like they were humans as well I as think... morphing back and forth into their animal morph. So like wouldn't okay. I know we have just I think suspend- this hologram I think this hologram started with just like Jake already fully morphed and the bleak in the tree. But I thought yeah. he was saying at some point, didn't he say that he had, was like watching the hologram uh as the bleak was hunting them? Or is is that just not am I wrong in that? Yeah, I actually made a note about this later because like there's a lot of points where like the the bug fighters later should have seen Rachel demorph from elephant. Uh huh. Or even if he was watching the Valique hunt Rachel from bald eagle to human, like she was half bird, half human, running through the woods into the Ben and Jerry's ice cream truck on the freeway. Uh, yeah. Like if if this if he was monitoring the Valique channel the whole time, there was a lot of mid morphing human elements coming into play that would have but gotten the I, jig up. I think yeah. one of his staff though mentioned that they were having trouble tracking it though. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, because but. right here, Visitor 3 says, launch both bug fighters, keep a visual lock on the Valique. And then a Taxon says something in Taxon language, and he kills it and says, this creature says it is difficult to keep a visual lock on the Valique. Does anyone else think it is difficult to follow my orders? <laughs> no one did. <laughs> and then the other Taxons eat the dead Taxon. Yep. And that's that's basically it, because like everybody is just afraid to really talk to visitor three (laughs) yeah and i wrote that down too earlier when chapman was talking it's obvious like some they've had conversations a couple of times where actual like ground level controllers are like i think these andalite bandits are humans but nobody wants to tell visitor three because nobody wants to just get their head removed from their body so they're like (laughs) uh yeah 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 they're they're andalite bandits yes for sure (laughs) <laughs> Andalite bandits. Their uh, visitor three is figuring out why the Valique is like going all over the place uh, from speculating. And you know he talks to Axe. There's a little back and forth, and then um, visitor three is like, "I would like to take them alive, but if I can't, 
I can make do with their lifeless bodies. So, you know, <laughs> small victory, but, you know, I think in the end, Visor 3 is like, whatever's, whatever's gonna work. Now we get back to Marco. Crunch, screech, bam, wham, bump, squeal. Um, <laughs> Good job. <laughs> out of the trees, he roared with what was left of the pickup truck and he's like I don't care what anyone says I drove okay <laughs> at, least I was, at least I was getting better running into things less so that's great <laughs> apparently it was trash day so all those trash cans were just in the middle of the street which reminds anyway. me I've got to put my trash up tomorrow <laughs> um, so Marco begins to morph um, and he didn't want to give up on the truck uh, so he's because he's like I'm supposed to get it back to Cassie's farm so he's morphing gorilla while driving a truck and that's basically it. That's that's yeah. The whole this chapter. is a one page chapter. <laughs> yeah, we're getting kind of shorter as we go here. Yeah. So then we just go back to Rachel. Um, she's charging with her trunk held high, and she's basically like, "Your name is Rachel. You're an anamorph. We were created by a dying Andalite prince. You know, going through this whole thing." Cassie's and then. Cassie's like, I'm yeah. Cassie. We're best friends. Rachel, there's Jake. He's your cousin. There's Marco, blah, blah, blah. She's getting a little bit more flashes here and there. And Cassie's she- riding on elephant Rachel's back. As she's yes. charging down the, down the suburban street. Down the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on trash day. <laughs> yep. And then Rachel, Rachel sort of goes on about the old woman in the woods yelling about the Yurks. And then Cassie's like, yeah, the Yurks are real. Um, you don't have to remember everything, but you're we're, we're in a terrible fight right now. And they're like, there isn't much of a plan. Um, shocker. And basically the bad guys have all the power and sometimes it's a helpless fight, but we got to keep fighting. And then, so they're, re- uh, sorry. Cassie. <laughs> this um, is going to be a tough part for you. <laughs> it's kind of... Okay. So, Cassie. <laughs> Here goes nothing. Rachel's like, what are you going to morph into? <laughs> um, and Cassie's like, something small enough to make the dust be... To, so that maybe the dust beast won't be able to separate uh, Rachel from Cassie. So that means that... Because it, cause it can't pick up Rachel because Rachel's too heavy. So if it can't separate Cassie from Rachel, she can do the, the morphing without getting taken away. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> with that, uh, Cassie's morphing and then Rachel is like... with a, I felt a small... A uh, strange, scraping, tickling feeling on my back as the girl uh, who said was my friend became smaller. So then we shift back to Marco. <laughs> um, and she's morphing squirrel too. Whew, okay, so Marco. <laughs> oh, this is my part actually. So you are done. You did. Oh, thank you. I'm just like, I'm just like <laughs> the whiplash. It was real. I'm just like trying to keep it all together. How many trash cans you knocked over, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who's doing the drinking game is plastered right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we switch back to Marco, who's still driving the truck. He is now a gorilla. And somehow he has looped back around to where Rachel is because he did get on the freeway. <laughs> and then he yes. like got on a dirt road and was like driving them through, you know, the forest, essentially. Yeah. So he must have circled back around because he's driving. He sees the dust monster in the rearview mirror and he sees an elephant right in front of him and he is not able to stop in time. So he hits Rachel with the truck. The truck flips over. Marco gets thrown out of the truck. He probably would have died if he was not a gorilla. (laughs) And he's like really hurt. So he's like starting to fade, lose consciousness. So he starts to demorph and he knows that demorphing with the Vleek so close, it's gonna 
get him. So he's like, let it take me if it had to. So Marco starts to demorph and then we switch back to Cassie. So they got hit by the truck and Cassie's about halfway into her squirrel morph and she stops morphing because she's like, I'm afraid if the squirrel instincts kick in, we will both be afraid and I won't be able to get control of the morph because squirrel's a prey animal. So it's super scared all the time. So then we have this like moment where the Valique is hovering over Rachel, who's an elephant who's just been hit by a truck, Marco, who's a gorilla, and Cassie, who's half squirrel. And Cassie knows that whoever starts to morph is going to be taken by the Valique. So she closes her eyes and then we cut away. So we don't know who got taken by the Valique, but we're back to Axe. So Axe is watching from the blade ship and he sees that someone was taken by the Valique and Visor 3 is gloating since, you know, he thinks he's caught another Andalite bandit. And yeah, he tells the bug fighters to land and keep an eye on the elephant. Um, The Valique can't carry it until it demorphs into something smaller. So he's like, do not lose track of that elephant or I will kill you. (laughs) And then he also says, you know, to turn Axe's box back to opaque so they do that and he's acts as alone by himself (laughs) so he they don't they have not mastered one-way mirror technology in the york empire so yeah he's just by himself uh then we get a callback if you guys remember in the first half of the book marco extorted Axe with flea powder to go to the party with him. So Axe has fleas and he feels the flea biting him and starts to brush it away, but then he gets an idea. He captures the flea and acquires it. When he, uh, cause he's like, maybe we don't have very, on the Andalite homeworld, we don't have very many animals that are this small. Maybe the Yurks don't have that many animals that are this small either. So Visitor 3 will uh, think that I escaped instead of morph to something small. So he morphs the tiny flea and he does all the usual gross bug stuff. He gets a armor and a thorax and whatnot. It also describes that he has two long tusks that come shooting out of his mouth used to pierce my skin and drink my blood. So he's turning into like the flea that ate him, essentially. <laughs> and he describes the, the flea brain as super simple. It's got one direction. Jump towards warmth and the smell of life. And he says, since there was no warmth and no smell of life, the free, the flea, bl- God, <laughs> the flea brain had nothing much to say. All right. Do we have flea facts? Uh, we do have flea facts. So we, since essentially the um, artwork on the cover is like covering animals that we've already done or will be doing for upcoming uh, books for the different animorphs, we thought we might as well with uh, a Megamorphs book kind of give some recognition to animals that uh, are reoccurring in their in their morph repertoire but don't get like, you know, cover feature in the series. So this one, uh, we got some facts about flea. Yay. I just, I coincidence, I just put flea stuff on my cat this morning. Oh, fun times. Ooh. It's that, that change of the <laughs> she season. She was very mad. She hated it. Uh. Fuck you, Cora. <laughs> <laughs> she, I took her collar off to do it, and then she was like, no, you are letting me outside. I will her, just sit here and meow. Do you give her the pill, or do you do topical? The topical. Uh, okay. For the dogs, uh, we could do, um, there's a really good flea and tick pill that you can have. Oh, on. I love the pills. Yeah. And, oh, uh, the pills are the only thing that works. Now. When we yeah. first got her, I tried to give her like a dewormer, and... I, it was the biggest struggle. I've had to give cats medicine before, like house sitting for other people's cats. 
It was tough. I don't think I ever – she ate, like, half of it. So she would – get it in her mouth, and then she'd spit it out. So then I have to put it back in her mouth, and she'd spit it out. So it just got smaller and smaller until I was like, fine, I'm just going to put this in your food. So she just let it sit on the bottom of her food bowl and ate around it until I was like, okay, yep. fine. You're not getting dewormed. I'm throwing this away. <laughs> so no pills for Cora. Uh yeah, thankfully my dog's large enough and worked with him that I could just put the pill in the back of his throat, close his mouth, rub his throat, and he'll swallow it. Uh, but I've yeah. definitely dealt with uh, animals that absolutely hells to the no will not take their medicine like that. If I put it in some tuna, actually, I think I tried that. I tried putting it in some tuna and she was like, even this, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I-, I know your tricks, woman. <laughs> uh, okay, so please... Um, Yay. Yeah, I know you want to know more about this. Not really. Uh, flea, it's <laughs> uh, it's a common name, actually, for 2,500 species of small flightless insects. Um, essentially, their encompassing uh, traits are they are external parasites uh, and survive on them, and they survive on their hosts that are mammals or birds. Uh, so fleas live by consuming blood from their hosts. Adult fleas grow to about an eighth of an inch long, three millimeters or so and they're usually brown or have bodies that are flattened sideways or narrow so that enables them to be able to move through um like fur or feathers on their host they also lack wings but they have hind legs that are extremely well adapted for jumping as alluded to in the book they're able to leap a distance of some 50 times their own body length and uh, that's the second like uh, largest uh, leaping distance in comparison to uh, the organism's body in, in the world. The earliest known fleas are uh, from uh, the Middle Jurassic period, though modern-looking uh, forms do not appear until Cenozoic era. Fleas likely originated on mammals before later parasiting birds. Each species of flea is more or less a specialist with respect to um, its host animal species. Uh, many species never breed on any other type of host, uh, hmm. <clears throat> which is interesting. So, like, cat fleas, you know, are can can be specific to just like you know a, a few species or or there's some species of fleas that just in fact only only one type of host uh, that's interesting because axe does say like this flea had taken to to me for some reason i like, know yeah so that's interesting is like he probably got it that's like a specialized type of flea that's that's uh normally infects like some other type of animal uh on earth but since there's so many different types <laughs> just uh who knows <laughs> i mean he he is deer-like, and he is in the woods. So that's yeah, maybe fair he's point. closer to a closer to a deer than he thought. At least that's not a tick. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. The Oriental rat flea um, is a vector of the bacteria which caused the bubonic plague. The disease was spread to humans by rodents such as the black rat, and those rats were bitten by infected with the bubonic plague. So major outbreaks included um, in 540, uh, and uh, that was the plague of uh, Justinian, Just- <laughs> Justinian, plague of Justinian, mm-hmm. and uh, the Black Death, which was 1350, uh, the Dark Ages, uh, which 
both plagues killed a sizable fraction of the world's population. Unlike other insects, fleas do not possess compound eyes, but instead uh, have simple eye spots with a single lens, a bicovinex lens, so some species lack eyes altogether. Flea population consists roughly, when, when they're like infecting a host, flea populations on a host consist roughly of 50% eggs, 35% larva, 10% pupae, and only 5% as full-fledged adults. Isn't that this fun? This is making me itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the known species are little studied. Some 600 species, a quarter of the total, are known from single records. Over 94% of uh, flea species are associated with uh, mammal, mammal hosts. And only about 3% of uh, the species considered to be specific to bird hosts. Occurrences of fleas on reptiles is actually accidental. uh, And fleas have been known to feed on even blood-like body fluid of ticks. So there's even fleas that have fed off of ticks. (laughs) Yeah, get (laughs) them. See what it's like, ticks. (laughs) And then specific to our pets, although there are species named dog fleas and cat fleas, fleas are not always strictly species specific in in those regards. So a study examined 244 fleas from 29 dogs and all of those were cat fleas. (laughs) Dog fleas have not been actually found in, in that state, in that study, they were uh, doing this study in Virginia, and they actually, dog fleas might not even occur in the U.S. So a flea found on a dog in the U.S. is likely a cat flea. One theory of human hairlessness is that the loss of our hair helped humans reduce their burden of these and other ectoparasites. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that um, also Tobias has fleas yeah. from book six. Uh, yeah. And uh, fleas actually have a significant ectoparasite economic impact. In America alone, approximately $2.8 billion uh, is spent annually on flea-related veterinary bills and another $1.6 billion annually for flea treatment with pet groomers. And then $4 billion is spent annually for prescription flea treatment and $348 million for flea pest control. So... Yeah, it's, it's a business out there, battling all those all fleas. Right. Get into the flea business, I guess. And not the little flea circus from A Bug's Life. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, all the flea circus uh, attractions are, were definitely also mentioned <laughs> when researching. <laughs> or I, I guess the flea circus from Jurassic Park. But those fleas were fake. The Bug's Life ones are real. But yeah, those, those are all the facts I have for you today. Uh, do you feel more informed? <laughs> I feel more itchy. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that if I need to make a career change, I will go into the flea business. Yeah, just, you know, uh, sell the flea medication to all the veterinary clinics. You're in for a good career. <laughs> okay, so Axe is now a flea. And he is on the floor of his little box. Axe waits for several minutes on the floor of his cage until Visitor 3 returns to the bridge because the Valique has arrived with his new prey. Visitor 3 orders the hatch to be open so the Valique can enter. And he also adds, and brighten the Andalite's cage. I want to see these old friends meet. But when the hatch is opened, it looks like Axe has escaped. Because he had morphed into a flea at the bottom yes. of the cage. Yes. So one of the minions, who we later learn is a hork decides to open the cage. <laughs> and Visitor 3 is like, no, you fool, don't open the cage. And Axe jumps just as Visitor 3 yells that. 
And it happens that he lands on a body, but he feels the body that he has landed on fall to the ground, now lifeless. And we switch to Marco, who is the one who is being brought to the bridge of the blade ship. That was really hard to say. <laughs> and I didn't mess up. So I would I would like some kudos for that. Kudos. <laughs> snaps, snaps. <laughs> and Marco is talking about how the bridge of the blade ship looks like the bridge of the starship Enterprise, except instead of Data or Sulu or Worf or Spock, there were a bunch of Taxons and a bunch of hork with their weapons drawn. And then also, uh, just in front of the box was a dead hork And finally, this was the worst part, instead of either Captain Kirk or Captain Picard, there was Visitor 3. Yeah, Star Trek references. Gotta get those in every book. Um, and so Visitor 3 uh, is ordering them to bring in bioscanners because he has correctly deduced that Axe has morphed something very small. And so I, I hate how he's right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's good at like one thing and he's used it to become a celebrity and now he's just an asshole to everybody who works for him. <laughs> it's a uh, tale as old as time. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, Marco hears his name being called out in thought speak, and it says, I jumped. Not far, because gorillas aren't big jumpers. I just sort of jerked in surprise. And it turns out that it was Axe. So they fill each other in on the situation. Um, Axe tells Marco that he is on Visor 3. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> Meanwhile, Visitor 3 is, like, yelling, demanding that Marco demorph. Axe is like, do not demorph. That would be stupid. Um, And Axe tells Marco to look for a console. And he's like, when shit starts to hit the fan, run to the console, touch it, and think, open the hatch. Because it's a mind-activated, like... Console, kind of like the elevator. Yeah, kind of like the elevator from last book. So Axe, being a flea on Visitor 3, starts to demorph. Which causes the Valik to start wrapping up Visor 3 because he's drawn to the morphing energy. So Visor 3 yells for water, which is kind of their clue. Well, their second clue, I guess, as to one of the Valik's weaknesses, which is water. So Marco uses this distraction to punch his way through some hork and successfully is able to open the hatch. So all this stuff is happening at once. Axe reverses his morph, goes back to flee, gets hit by some water, knocked off onto the ground. When he hits the ground, the water kind of falls off of him, so he's not going to drown. And Axe tells Marco to stomp his feet. So Marco stomps his feet and Axe jumps onto Marco. Bunch of shit happens. Axe can't tell what's going on because he's a flea. So Axe says, where are we now? And Marco's like, the good news is we're out of the ship. I used a couple of hork as a ladder and climbed over them. That's the good news. And Axe is like, you seem to be implying there might be some bad news too. And Marco's like, oh yeah, the bad news is we're about two miles up in the air and we are plummeting to Earth. So <laughs> skydiving without a parachute. I mean, they're just having a point break moment. They're doing a good job. Oh my God, I wrote point break in my notes too. <laughs> <laughs> That is perfect. I, yeah. Star Trek, we got Point Break. We've got a Harry Potter moment in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I think Axe would be the Swayze and uh, Marco's Keanu. <laughs> um, maybe in this scenario. But I think personality-wise in general, definitely Axe is Keanu and, and Marco is the Swayze most of the time. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I just watched that movie for the very first time like a month ago. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. Oh. I missed out on a lot of movies as a child. I just we just watched Beetlejuice. I'd never seen it before. Uh, I don't like Beetlejuice. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen Ghostbusters. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Morgan, okay. Watch the second Ghostbusters. Jesus. Um. <laughs> you're like you're like reframing my childhood. I know. We might <laughs> have neglect. to just like when you visit here, uh, we need to do movie. Uh, we might just have to sit down and watch movies all day long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we need to fill yeah. some gaps. <laughs> like when I graduated high school, we had to, I had to take a conscious effort and watch some things like I had to watch The Matrix, um, Fight Club. Yeah. Just a bunch of stuff, but I had never... Oh, uh, what did I just watch semi-recently? Schindler's List. I, I mean, you only oh. watched that movie once, though. <laughs> it's 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 a great movie, but you're right. You only watch it once. Yeah. It's like it's hard to watch multiple well, times, it's but like, it's a good uh, movie. It's like Citizen Kane. I can't watch that. I, I, I watched it uh, once, and that's enough in my lifetime. I'm good. Yeah. More about the movie stuff, just because this might be funny, um, is me and some friends, we used to try to do, like, vintage movie nights. And it's, like, obviously, that were the times of, like, 2020, you know, it's, like, 20 years ago, it was 2000. And so it's, like, what counts as vintage? And then you realize, like, some movies, like The Craft. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I did see that one. I watched that for the first time last Halloween. Yeah, we're, like, decades old, and you're, like, I guess this counts as vintage now, but you're, like, it feels so wrong. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, yeah. M- Matt and I watched, um, I-, I tweeted about this. We watched Austin Powers 1 last night. <gasps> that movie. Tell me, tell me you've seen those. Whole- yes, I've seen, I've seen all, okay. the, all those ones. I've also seen The Love Guru, which only has one good joke. <laughs> yeah, the entire movie. It's the Mariska Hargitay joke. If I'm going to mention Christopher Maloney, I might as well mention Mariska Hargitay in the same episode for some reason. Um, but anyway, Austin Powers 1 holds up, mostly. There's some race stuff, maybe, but also it has some healthy consent, and it's uh, it's pretty funny. So I'm still a fan of Goldmember. I mean, The problematic shit Beyonce. comes in the second. Like, I mean, obviously there's problematic shit in the first movie. The second one, much more problematic. <laughs> it was because it's like, uh, it's Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Then it's the Austin spy Powers who shagged two, the spy, me. Yeah, it's five. Yeah. And three is Gold Member. Yes. And Gold Member yeah. is trash. <laughs> but Beyonce. <laughs> yes, but it does have Beyonce in it. I and have. Michael Caine and Tom Cruise for some reason. Oh, yeah, because that's who they got to play Austin Powers in the spoof movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good, um, like, oh, Indiana Seth Jones Green. 3. Wait, is it well, Seth yeah, they, Green? he's in all of them. Yeah. yeah. We love Seth Green in this house. Robot Chicken. Oz and Willow were the best couple. Fight me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway. Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, and I did mention some TV logic here because we switched back to Rachel, who, because she was hit by the truck, has regained her memories. <laughs> like some TV show bullshit. Well, you have to also make sure like the harp kind of plays as she's like gaining back all the memories. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, which like doesn't make sense because she's morphed since she hit the tree, so if it was like a physical thing, then wouldn't that have fixed it? And she's also in a different morph now when she gets hit whereas the first time she was an eagle, it doesn't make sense. 
Too many questions. <laughs> Amnesia. Don't worry about it. It's not medically sound. I mean, don't like worry you about can it. Cur- you can cure a, a concussion by another concussion, right? Yeah, exactly. Two negatives make a positive. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm sure we definitely want our brain. I am a doctor. <laughs> I am not a doctor. Oh my gosh, I've had so many concussions as a kid. I don't remember all of them. <laughs> but if our fans do want to send in their medical questions or medical concerns, the weirder the better, I will definitely answer them. <laughs> that sounds more like an Incor- are you serious incorrectly. thing. Please send them at are you serious on Twitter. We'll have you guys. We'll have to have you guys on. Um, are you serious? One a week. Are you serious, Morgan? Are you serious? Are you yes. serious? Mostly yeah. not. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's two. There's so okay. Rachel is with Cassie, who is half squirrel, and there's these two bug fighters that are swooping overhead, but they're very bad at their jobs because they leave long enough for Rachel to demorph back to human, and they don't see her. And that's what I was noting that about the Valique TV. If yeah, like. Uh, There's no reason. I, on Valique One, why. they really uh, uh, were disjointed on uh, their their camera coordination. I really feel yeah. like I'm getting like stormtrooper vibes. Like even though it's like you can't hit anything, nobody yeah. in the series can hit anything. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's funny because in in Animorphs, it's like they can hit them all they want. You know, as long as they don't die, they can just demorph. But they still don't. Um. And Cassie is having a, a minute. She's having a, a moment where she is like, I should have morphed. I should have drawn the Valik and should have had it take me and drawn it away from Marco. I disagree because she was a squirrel and Marco is a gorilla. And the only reason why Marco is escaped has escaped is because he was a gorilla. If she got, got captured as a squirrel, she would have been fucked. I feel like Cassie is also that type. She always i think would rather be the martyr than or like you know put herself and you know it'd rather be her than one of her friends or somebody else yeah, and so self-blame. it's just like yeah and this is strange too because as far as like marco i mean he would have died anyway but that's kind of out of character for him to um sacrifice himself so far at least i mean he will when they're planning things and talking about things, he doesn't want to jump into the fight, I guess. But when it comes down to it, he's just as brave as the rest of them. So never mind. I take back what I say. It's in character. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked myself out of it in real time. <laughs> Cassie um, is uh, berating herself for letting the Blake take Marco. Yes. And so they, they demorph and Rachel being Rachel again says, look, Cassie, that's what happened. All right. It's in the past. We have the present to worry about. And the bug fighters are coming back around to them. So they're like, okay, we got to bounce. So they decide to morph owls. Um, Cause it's still nighttime. A lot of stuff has happened and it's uh, still nighttime. Meanwhile, those bug fighters land, they drop to hork to come look for them. And, as owls, they only have one direction to go in because of the houses and stuff. So they're flying straight at the hork and they don't have enough time to turn or get off the ground. So Rachel says, straight at them. And Cassie says, my girl, Rachel, go for the eyes. And <laughs> this is a bad idea because two seconds later, Rachel says, I knew right then my fate was not in my own hands anymore. If their orders were to kill us, we would die. So they're kind of just doing a Hail Mary but they know that if, like, they get caught, they're going to be killed. 
Um, fortunately, Tiger Jake leaps out at the last moment, gets one hork distracts the other long enough for them to fly past, and they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. So they do, and they go <laughs> <Yeah>. home. <laughs> so then we cut back to Marco, who's plummeting through the air as a gorilla with a single flea on him. And Marco's screaming, and Axe is like, Marco, why are you screaming? It hurts my head. And Marco's like, we're going to die, you alien lunatic. And he's like, no, we won't die. Don't be foolish. And Marco's like, maybe you won't. You're a flea. You'll bounce. I'll hit the ground like a rock. And Axe, this is the Harry Potter moment. Axe is like, Marco, morph into a bird. And he's like, oh, duh. Is there still time? And Axe is like, I don't know. Maybe we should hurry. (laughs) And I just wrote Harry Potter because this reminds me of at the end of Harry Potter 1 when they're getting trapped by the vines and Ron is like, make a fire. And Hermione's like, I don't have any matches. And Ron's like, are you a witch or aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Lingardium Leviosa. (laughs) So yeah, very, uh, and this came out before um, that book did. So just saying, (laughs) just saying. Anyway, so Marco demorphs, but so does Axe for some reason, which seems like he should have just not, but they both make it, um, they have to demorph and then remorph and they make it to the raptor morphs just before hitting the ground. They manage to like pull up inches away from the pavement and I wrote on my notes here, this feels very point break. <laughs> so there you go. So all the excitement is over. Everybody's safe. Rachel has her memory back. Rachel goes home with Cassie because Rachel's supposed to be at camp. And Jake notes it's probably good for Rachel to spend some time with Cassie so she can get her memory back a little bit more. Um, Jake goes home and he is definitely grounded because he is home at midnight. And it says, I didn't even argue, no TV, no Sega, inside the house by five o'clock, wash all dishes, take out all trash for two weeks. Oh, and by the way, clean out the garage. I didn't say anything but yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and I'm really sorry I worried you. So he goes to go to bed and is just like worrying about how they're going to solve this Valique thing because they can't morph if they don't get rid of it. And suddenly he gets awoken by Marco going, ooga booga booga. (laughs) (laughs) And it says, what? I sat up, spun around, twisting myself up in my sheets, then promptly fell out of my bed. Marco laughed so hard he started crying. How did you get here? I demanded. Then you're alive? No, I am the ghost of Marco. Fear me. And um, it's 10 in the morning, apparently. He slept super late which is good because he was tired and <laughs> T- takes a lot out being a tiger in the woods <laughs> and- yeah jake says cassie said the valik carried you away and marco says yes it did and now we're going steady <laughs> there's a lot of the jokes are better in this book than they have yes. yeah marco previously. was a bit funnier yeah marco <laughs> well he's, he's probably like giddy because he's alive <laughs> yeah he's probably on such a high he's like ah yeah so they start talking marco says that tom jake's brother who's a controller is not in the house so it's fine and jake's like well i can't go anywhere i'm busted for coming in late and marco's like yeah so i talked to your dad on my way up he mentioned that little fact he said if you clean the garage you can go out for a while it seemed very important to him like maybe if you clean the garage he would be the happiest guy in the world and jake's like yeah sure why not my mom has been after him for a month to clean the garage so now he gets to dump it off on me why wouldn't he be happy (laughs) the only benefit of having kids (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I they, would say this. Well, Marco gets points for being a friend right there and actually getting him off the hook by uh, manipulating the parents. <laughs> not was... so good of a friend that he will help him clean the garage, though. Oh, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they have to wait a few hours for Jake to clean the garage, and they're all going to meet at the end of the woods. Nobody morphs. They cannot morph. Don't do it, Rachel. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to um, to Cassie, and it's three hours later, and um, they're all in the woods, and Tobias is pissed. He's like, I can't believe you guys did all this while I was sleeping, playing tag with some dust monster from Saturn, Rachel having amnesia till Marco plowed her into her with a truck. Plowed her. <laughs> Escape. <laughs> Dang it. I knew you guys were going to pick up on that. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to take it again. Escaping from Visitor 3's blade ship and I'm sleeping the entire time? No way. I missed all the fun. I do like Tobias has a bit of a like, he's got a fun attitude about all this. He's like, yeah. I'm a hawk. What, what, like, what the hell else is like going to be the problem? Yeah. <laughs> and then Marco's like, it's morphing this valet goes after. He's not interested in your deep fried hawk legs. And then Tobias says, come stand over here, Marco. Stand under my branch. <laughs> Which is- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, like this chapter, I wrote down a lot of quotes because they're very funny. So they inventory all the Valique facts that they know. Uh, It goes after morphing energy. It can't lift very heavy things, and it doesn't like water. And they keep referring to the Valique as Visitor 3's dog. Or it's a gremlin. Yeah. (laughs) It's an overgrown dust bunny. (laughs) Don't don't, don't get it wet after midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But we do have to appreciate... uh, what is it? The only female gremlin shown in the movie is a diva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so Cassie is feeling, still feeling guilty. She did not sleep very well. Um, so she comes up with a plan, but she says, I have to be the one to do it. She tells them the plan like off screen. So we don't get to see what the plan is yet. But they all agree, since it we know it involves a lot of morphs very quickly, that Cassie has to be the one to do it because she's the best at morphing. Um, and it's interesting because even though we don't know what the plan is yet, we still have all the elements of it already. We know that the Valique doesn't like water. We know that it can't lift heavy things. And we know that they can fall from a very tall height with like and survive. So we have all the elements. They're there. Physics dropping eggs off of us building um, <laughs> oh yeah that was a thing uh the the school dropped the egg uh contest and see if uh, the egg won't crack if you've built the crack structure dead. my mm-hmm. school always did the build your own boat and you had to float a person in the pool with it oh that's cool oh we did that in college we did the mousetrap cars as well yes we did mousetrap boats in middle school oh that's cool. um i just Mine want to point out a, a quote cassie jake said pleading with his eyes Oh, they're so (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's like, I want you to be safe, essentially, is his general vibe. But also, I know that I'm not going to stop you from doing this. So because he respects her autonomy. I like Tobias, where it's just like Tobias and Rachel care about each other. He's like, yeah, no way. I'm actually going to try to pull the protective crap around Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, like like, she's going to do what she's going to (laughs) do. I'll just I'll just have her back when I can. (laughs) 
Find someone you love the way they are. Don't try and change them. Yes, <laughs> go, everybody listening. And don't go possessive teenage vampire all over their ass and try to control their every move. <laughs> yes. oh, we, no, we do not stand abusive relationships. <laughs> no. So we cut back to Tobias. They're now at the beach. And so this ending part, I felt like went pretty quickly, but they also did a good job of like building up what was going to happen. Tobias is still kind of annoyed he wasn't involved in the previous night's shenanigans, but he's also glad that he has a part in Cassie's plan. His first role is that he flies out over the ocean, which is difficult for him, but eventually he finds what he's looking for, which is a whale spout a couple miles out in the ocean. Cut back to Cassie, who's listening to Marco say some fat phobic shit on the beach. Ooh. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? He's like, listen, I'm just saying that there should be like hot people police on the beach. <laughs> Marco is such a fucking tool sometimes. <laughs> yeah. On Baywatch, do you see fat, hairy old guys in Speedos on Baywatch? No, no. On Baywatch, they have a law against it. David, David I mean, Hasselhoff kicks anybody off the beach who isn't good looking. Old David Hasselhoff isn't as well muscular turned as he used to be. And he's still pretty fine. His, what, mean, what is that um, family guy meme? Out of shape, in shape guy from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rachel kind of like half-heartedly is like, so you wouldn't mind never going to the beach, Marco? <laughs> but they're like not into it. So they're kind of just going through the motions, pretending like everything is fine, but they're all very jittery and nervous because of the plan. Um Cassie does a quick like psychoanalysis of all of her friends where she's like Rachel's quiet because she's not in control. She didn't like not being in control of her memory. Marco is trying to really hard to tell jokes to make everyone relax. He felt somehow he was responsible for my feeling bad. He wanted to tell me that he didn't blame me, but he'd already told me and I'd said thanks and I still felt bad. Marco didn't know how to deal with that. So he tried to make everyone laugh. And then Jake's just like tense and broody because <laughs> as the leader... And as a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tobias returns, and I thought this was a risky kind of move. They just go into the ocean and morph. Like, there's people on the beach. I know. Just there's people on the beach, and they just, like, go into the ocean and morph, and, and no lifeguard or anything. It's just like, oh, fuck, we just lost four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, four kids just drowned. Well, <laughs> like, looks around, heads back, whistling. <laughs> They did say they were far apart from any lifeguard um, things, but I don't. I find it hard to believe that people just not. I have whatever people do Notice, their own yeah. shit on the beach. Yeah. So they go dolphin, and the fleek shows up, but it stays above the water. So that's part one of their theory is true. They go out to the whale, and we get Cassie kind of talking to the whale again, like she did in book four. The whale says, "Little ones, strange cloud above," and he just kind of keeps like swimming along. And Cassie, still in Dolphin Morph, says, Great one, do not dive, hoping that she can keep the whale above, like, on the surface, because she has to demorph to acquire it. And Rachel and Jake kind of just, as dolphins, while she's demorphing, are pushing her along, keeping pace with the whale. Um, So she acquires it, and it stops moving, and... They kind of just like brace themselves for the plan. So then we cut to Tobias, who's again complaining about how hard it is to gain lots of altitude as a hawk. Um, we get some more hawk facts. Mm -hmm. A hawk likes a bit of a headwind to get a lift for takeoff. I had that at least, but most of the time we hunt from trees, swooping down on unwary mice or rabbits. We don't go for serious altitude unless we can get some free lift from a thermal. Thermals. Thermals. Thermal watch. 
2021. <laughs> there's your there's your shot. Uh, uh, take a shot. Um, drinking game is uh, yeah. anytime. <laughs> oh, oh my god. We get so trashed reading through these. <laughs> Let's see. Missing limbs. Gross morphing. Visor three letting them escape. Visor three talking <laughs> Just... about tigers. <laughs> yeah, visor oh, three cats, digging yeah. cats. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's a drinking game in there and oh boy howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Making the bingo card. Anyway, um so Cassie is on Tobias's back as a cockroach, which she had to finish that morph underwater to keep the Valique from taking her. So so far, um, as Tobias says, she had morphed from human to dolphin to human to cockroach already, and more was coming. Um and then we have this moment because basically it's just Tobias, like he has to fly high and it's just the two of them. And they have some chat or they have a chat while he's taking them as high as he can. And Cassie asks, are you ever afraid? And he's like, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm always afraid. Golden eagles and raccoons and shit are always trying to kill me. And that's not even counting like the Yerks. So yeah, Cassie, I'm afraid a lot of the time. And she says, how do you handle it? And he says, who says I handle it? There's only one way to deal with fear. Be afraid. Be afraid and then go ahead and do what you have to do anyway, he said directly to the camera. <laughs> There's your moral of the story, children. It was introduced at the beginning. <laughs> Courage is not the absence of fear. <laughs> and then we have this like really sweet moment. Of course, we have at the end of every or in every Animorphs book where it's like, if I die. So Cassie says, if I don't, if I don't, you know, then tell Jake that someday he has to tell my parents, okay? Someday, if it's ever safe, tell them what happened to me. Promise? And he says, sure, Cassie, I promise. And she says, just don't tell my dad what happened to his truck. He thinks it was <laughs> stolen. We better leave it at that. <laughs> so finally, they get as high as Tobias can go. And so Cassie scuttles on her little roach legs and jumps off of his wing. And at this point, there are two pages left of the book. <laughs> they always love finishing it up really quickly. Yeah, especially like similar to book three. Um, so Cassie Demore but she's super tired so she's done dolphin then roach then now she's demorphed and so she's morphing but she's morphing really slowly she also hasn't gotten a lot of sleep so she's extra tired so she's growing but very slowly uh meanwhile the valique has noticed her and started kind of like wrapping you know its tendrils around her and at one point she's about to pass out but she's whale enough that the whale's instincts kick in and so she calls on the whale for help and um, ask for its strength. And so then we cut to Rachel, who's watching as um, as a dolphin and watching the Valique go after Cassie. And Rachel says, should we try and keep the Valique interested any longer? And Jake says, no, it's up to Cassie now. And the narration says, someday Jake will be a general or a president. He has that ability to make hard decisions, even about people he cares for. And I think it's also trusting her to, to like get it done yeah is president what people should strive for nowadays <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure we've figured out that that's a bad thing no <laughs> presidents no leaders anyway um <laughs> getting political so the valik is grabbing onto cassie and starts to slow her down which is good because she was morphing slower than they thought um but eventually she gets too big for it to carry and it plunges into the water and of course you have to have that moment of it's like is cassie alive is she okay no they gotta record the biggest cannonball ever yeah <laughs> pretty sure that definitely beat a record yeah <laughs> and so she's like kind of just not moving she's stunned and 
they're yelling at her and then it says and then there came a kick from that massive whale tail haha cassie yelled take that you big bag of wind hey visitor three i washed your dog for you (laughs) that's kind of funny (laughs) so good that's like very good quote i love it for her i mean i mean yeah right that's a rare moment (laughs) and device is like cassie must be exhausted and she's like not anymore i feel great i thought we were beat and guess what we aren't not yet not even by a long shot And then she starts to sing the humpback whale song. And Jake asks, what are you singing? What are the words? And Cassie's like, it isn't words exactly. But if it were, there would be just one word. Hope. The end. Bam. That felt like Lord of the Rings ending. Hope. Yeah. (laughs) That was a long book, but very fun. Yes. I like how the last like four or five chapters are like, oh, character arc, character arc. Where do we get a character arc? (laughs) And they come up with this thing with Cassie, you know, to kind of give it like a meaningful ending other than just like... It was planned at the beginning. Cassie was saying she was having those nightmares alluding to Marco getting taken. And then from there, uh, she was worrying from not contributing enough to the team again. And that's when she was in Fly Morph. And so it was was slowly throughout the thing. But between... It switched from obviously the main action focus of Rachel and her amnesia at the beginning to the, you know... Uh, third quarter mark uh, and then Cassie's storyline took over mm-hmm. yeah yeah I feel like um yeah this this megamorphs also is a lot smaller of a scope than the other megamorphs oh. um <laughs> but it definitely feels a lot more epic than it, it, yeah. other books so far so does the old crazy lady in the woods that locked Rachel in the basement and burned down the building? Does she come back? I think you know by now that the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she burnt down her home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he's going to go. Yeah, she's uh, she's going to go get some help, you know. Yeah, Tobias swoops down and starts talking to her and crazy means oh crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you wanted some different company, who's going to believe this lady? I know. The talking bird. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like one of like one of their parents should be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't therap. You're not supposed to therapize your loved ones. <laughs> yeah, but who else are you to get therapy from if you're fighting evil aliens? You know. Oh, Visor mm. Three needs to have a backup career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys, if you guys have watched Lucifer, they need uh, what's her name? Oh the, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, <laughs> like, I've seen things. She can move from so. She can move from celestials to aliens. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Or they the same <laughs> I thing. I watch the show. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a pretty good show. I mean, I just mainly just thirst after Lucifer, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's what it is. But yeah, uh, Megamorphs one. When is the next Megamorphs, Morgan? <sighs> So Let's I see. have so okay. Eight, hang on, let me look nine, at the Google. 10, 11, 12. Oh, it's it's between twelve and thirteen. Oh, okay. Uh, is it's it? called the yeah. Oh, that's Andalite Chronicles. Okay, oh, so we're not, not going to do it in that order. We're actually going to do Hork-Bajir Chronicles first, I think, um, because Hork-Bajir Chronicles and Book Thirteen are a lot more closely tied, and then Andalite Chronicles is closely tied with Book um, Twenty Three. Which is when you can see Hortbusier Chronicles there. So we're we're gonna kind of flip up the reading order a little bit, and then Vizzer goes with Book Thirty Five. Yeah, there's a lot more Megamorphs because you've got then there's eight, that, that between eighteen and nineteen. That's Megamorphs two. number two. So yeah. 
and then yeah i think that that is perfect actually right after the the mosquito book so yeah um so next we're gonna read book eight which is the alien which is axis first book and you guys are gonna get a lot of answers yay (laughs) i love answers awesome then we can make more predictions not to be confused with book 53 the answer (laughs) (laughs) we laugh but Um, we have no idea what's going on the book 53 is called the answer i don't know (laughs) i think book 52 is called the sacrifice I'm Correct. calling it now with a prediction. Marco's mom sacrifices herself. Ooh, okay. I'll put that in the list. Oh, I don't have the thing open. Can you put it in the list? We'll put it in the list. Yeah. We shall have to. Or Tobias. Tobias sacrifices himself? Or Tobias. I don't know. I just, I'm thinking about like, what's a character that's meaningful that to die, but maybe not too important to die? <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited for this next one for you guys. Uh, we get some axe eating things shenanigans. I do believe we get some Radio Shack, of course, because it's an axe book. Is there a Cinnabon? <laughs> of course. I'm pretty ah. sure. Well, it's it's um raisinets are his oh. his obsession in this one. No. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna stop it right there. That is not <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you can send me your favorite movie theater snacks um at Morgan underscore Soleil. You can add us on Twitter at Middlemorph. Um, what else am I supposed to say? Check out my other podcast. Uh, are you serious about bad Reddit relationships? It's R the letter U the word serious pod on Twitter. What did I miss? Jason, where can people find you? At first, I'm going to have to say, how dare you transition from Raisinets to what's your favorite movie theater snack? Like Raisinets are even in the same ballpark <laughs> as anything you get in a movie theater. But they can find me at on Twitter um, at bottomus underscore prime. Woo. All right. Kate, where can people find you? I am not on social media. So, you know, if you have the time, why don't you carve out some hieroglyphs on uh, a a stone wall and I can read and relate your message. Or if that doesn't quite work for you, you can email us at middlemorph at gmail.com. All right. And we will see you guys next time for book eight. Very exciting. We've got a lot of answers. Recommend you guys read this one along with us for sure, Z. Ooh. All right, bye. Bye. bye.